Tonight we're going to again be in this great section in Romans, and I'm sure it will bless you as much and maybe even more than it has blessed me, but I'm real thankful for the greatness of the revelation that God has set in the book of Romans for us to know. We finished verse 8 last week. Tonight we begin with verse 9, and beginning with verse 9, it'll be the believer living with the renewed mind. And this whole section will go all the way through chapter 15. They'll just follow one right after the other, and I'll try to pattern all this for you so that you too can see it very clearly. Verse 9 says, Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. Let love be without dissimulation. You'll notice the, the word let is in italics. It really is not needed at all when you work the verse. And dissimulation is a word that is not frequently in our vocabulary. Very few of us utilize that word in our vocabularies, at least not too frequently. And the Greek word is the one that sets that word beautifully, and that is the Greek word A-N-U-P-O-K-R-I-T-O-S. Ana hupokritos. Hupokritos is transliterated into our English word hypocrisy. It's spelled, you know, H-Y-P, hypocrisy. Hupokritos, transliterated into the word hypocrisy. That's the word dissimulation. And it could be and should be translated, at least for our greatness of our understanding, love without hypocrisy. The first phrase. Love without hypocrisy. The word love is agape, and agape is always the love of God in the renewed mind in manifestation, remember? And so the first declaration to the believer living with renewed mind is to love without hypocrisy. Love without hypocrisy. That's the phrase you're going to have to remember because that's what keeps coming up all the way through now, without hypocrisy, is also translated unfeigned, unfeigned. And unfeigned is that you're not feigning yourself. You're not playing a part. It's unfeigned. You're just being your true self. No feigning, just your true self. So any time you're not your true self, you are hypocritical. You're playing a part. So you be your true self because of renewed mind, love of God in manifestation. The English word person, like we, we say, well, that's a person. The word person comes from persona. The word persona was used and regarding an individual who played 
a different part on the stage. One person would play this part, then the same person would play another part, then the same person would play a third part, and all they would do is put a mask on their face. A mask on their face. And that mask is what is called persona. Now, this hypocritos, that Greek word, translated hypocrite, also relates itself to a stage player. He acts a part other than his true self. That's where the word hypocritus came from, a hypocritus, hypocrite. An actor on the stage who plays a part different than his true self. But the mask that he wore is the persona. He had a different face on for a different part. But he was a hypocrite because he acted parts other than his true self. That's the background of, the, of those two words. Isn't that neat? Interesting? Both of them on a stage. But it's very easy to understand because this man had one face on, then he put on another face. Like I told you, he just played a different part. The acting of it was the hypocrite part. His action was one thing, the persona was something else. As far as I know the New Testament scriptures, there are three different things that we're not to be hypocritical about that are given. Three great things in the word of God that we're not to be hypocrites on. In other words, let love be without dissimulation, love without hypocrisy. Keep remembering that is agapeo love, the love of God in the renewed mind in manifestation without hypocrisy. No mask, no persona, no acting parts that are not our true self. And that is no hypocrite regarding love. Second Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 6. By pureness, by knowledge, by long-suffering. Verse 4 talks about giving no offense in anything that the minute, in all things approving ourselves as the ministers of God. And verse 6, kindness by Holy Spirit, by love unfeigned. Love without hypocrisy. In First Peter, chapter 1, talking about Jesus Christ in verse 20, who verily was foreordained. Verse 21, who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory that your believing and hope might be in God. Seeing, verse 22, ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love. Love without hypocrisy. It's again agape. Unfeigned love. Love without anything hypocritical in it of the brethren. Secondly, we are not to be hypocrites regarding our believing. 
or regarding believing. 1 Timothy chapter 1. Now the end of the commandment, the goal of the commandment is, I mean verse 5, is the love of God in the renewed mind out of a pure heart and of a sound mind, good conscience, sound mind, and of faith unfeigned, no false pretense, believing, believing, love without hypocrisy in our believing, believing unfeigned, not being a hypocrite about believing. And Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, talking about Timothy, no hypocrite regarding believing, the unfeigned faith, unfeigned believing, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded that in thee also. Isn't that a wonderful record of Timothy? No hypocrite regarding believing. The third category in the word is no hypocrite regarding wisdom. James chapter 3, verse 17. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without what? Hypocrisy. There it is. I was blessed to see these three different categories in the word. Love without hypocrisy, that you're not a hypocrite regarding love, you're not a hypocrite regarding believing, and you're not a hypocrite regarding wisdom, and wisdom is knowledge applied. You see, if you call it love, but it does not discriminate properly, that love can be nothing but sentimentalism, and it's a worthless counterfeit. It has to be the love of God in the renewed mind without any hypocrisy in it. In this chapter 12 of Romans again, verse 9, having set all of the greatness of this love without hypocrisy, abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. Having love without hypocrisy, you will abhor that which is evil. If you have renewed mind, love of God, and not hypocritical about it, you will abhor that which is evil by cleaving unto that which is good. That's the system here. Abhorring is like shuddering at evil. When you have love without hypocrisy, you will avoid evil at all costs, and you will cleave. And the word cleave also is adhere, stay glued or cemented. The word perhaps I like the best is welded to the good. Just look at the beauty of all that. Love without hypocrisy avoids all evil, avoids evil at all costs, and it does this by staying welded to the good. And they say that wherever iron is welded or, 
or metals are welded, the weld is stronger at that point than at any other point. The beauty of this thing is sort of neat. In that word cleave, that it has the usage of welded in it. Love without hypocrisy will avoid evil at all costs by staying welded to the good. And that reminds me, the way to get rid of darkness is introducing what? Light. Same thing. When you stay welded to the good, you'll avoid evil at all costs. That's the greatness, I believe, of that verse 9. Now verse 10. Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love in honor preferring one another. I told you that love without hypocrisy will go all the way through chapter 15. It's the walk of a true believer. A believer who is not only born again, but who has renewed his mind to the perfection possibilities latent within every believer. And this is the greatness of the word. Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love. Regarding love of the brethren because of agape, the love of God in the renewed mind, brotherly love of the highest type. It is the usage here of the love that a true parent has to the child. Be kindly affectioned. Be affectionate. Love without hypocrisy, regarding love of the brethren, be affectionate and think of what would be the best for your brother or sister one to another with brotherly love. Think of what would be the best for your brother or sister. And that is the meaning of in honor preferring one another. Holding them in esteem. Respecting them highly because of their intrinsic value. Being of the same family and household of God as you. That's what verse 10 is all about. Verse 11. Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Three things in here that I've worked, and the literal of not slothful in business is diligently zealous. Diligently zealous. If you have love without hypocrisy, you will be diligently what? Zealous. Fervent in the spirit is spiritually fervent. Not just spiritually hot one day, but spiritually fervent. Just day after day after day because you have the love of God in the renewed mind, in manifestation without any hypocrisy. You don't have to cover today or tomorrow for anything because you're just spiritually fervent. You're just the same wonderful person day after day. You're no different spiritually today than you were yesterday. And so it, there's no hypocrisy in it. You're just the same beautiful believer 
day after day. And the last phrase, serving the Lord, is diligently zealous, spiritually fervent in lordly service. In lordly service. And it blessed my heart to see the greatness of this because it's so beautiful. Number one, you have zeal. That means a little enthusiastic believing, a little dynamics in your life, a little charisma, a little personality, a little push. You don't sit around like a dead toad on a stump. You got some zeal. Secondly, fervent. Secondly, you're fervent. You just, day after day, you stay put on it. And thirdly, service. Those three words, zeal, fervent, service. Boy, when you find a man or a woman that's zealous, that has that zeal, that drive, that effervescence, that glow, that dynamic, and stays put day after day after day, they'll get some service done. You certainly learned this in witnessing out on the field. Well, that I is that great 11th verse, and it's much different in some respects than you read it in King James. But... It can be worked as we've done. Now verse 12. Rejoicing in hope. Now never forget that at the top of all these is love without hypocrisy. Rejoicing in hope, patience in tribulation, continuing instant or at all times in prayer. Literally what this verse is saying is love without hypocrisy will be zealous and fervent, or as I would translate it, being zealous and fervent in love, serving the Lord, will keep you faithfully continuing in your prayer life. Rejoicing in the hope of Christ's return so you may patiently, without frustration or anxiety, stand the mental pressure of the world. Now read 12 again in King James. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation. Tribulation is mental pressure. Continuing instant in prayer. And I put these two verses 11 and 12 together in being zealous and fervent in love serving the Lord will keep you faithfully continuing in your prayer life continuing instant in prayer rejoicing in the hope of Christ's return see that's what keeps you faithfully continuing your prayer life because of the hope of the return if there was no hope, you'd turn sort of sour in your prayer life. Why pray if there's no hope? See, Rejoicing in the hope of Christ's return so you may patiently, patiently, without frustration or anxiety, stand the mental pressure of the world. Isn't that a wonderful verse? Boy, all of us will have mental pressure. The world will see to it. So it's not a question what the world sees to it that 
they make available to us, but what do we do with it? What do we do with it? Well, the thing we do with it, we continue in our prayer life, rejoicing in the hope of Christ's return, then we can patiently, without any frustration, without any anxiety, stand the mental pressure that the world hands out. That's the great 12th verse. Verse 13, distributing to the necessity of saints, given to hospitality. And here is one of those verses that what I see in the context here is completely different than what the Bible teachers and commentaries say. They speak of it as distributing to the more unfortunate ones, those who have a need money-wise, property-wise, and so forth, to give them the financial assistance that would be required. I think that is true, but not at this particular verse. And my reason for it is, as I will share it with you. Now remember, the love without hypocrisy, distributing. Distributing is the Greek word koinoneo, koinoneo, K-O-I-N-O-N-E-O. Last two O's, both long. Love without hypocrisy will koinoneo, communicate, partake in fellowship, which is the necessity among the saints. Another place in the word, I can't remember, it's in the epistles, neglect not the assembling. Isn't that in epistles? Ourselves uh, together. Hebrews, right. You see, this will now fit this way. We're talking about love without hypocrisy. And in the context of that 12th verse, going right on with 13, this love without hypocrisy will coin a neho, communicate. This is the only place it's translated distribute. Distributing in here in King James. It means to partake in fellowship. Love without hypocrisy will communicate, partake in fellowship, which is a necessity among the saints. It's not a sharing of material things, money, but in lordly service. In lordly service. Lordly service and pursuing with love. To be hospitable to all the believers. And in checking this hospitable, it means no favorites. And I love that. If I would play favorites, that would be hypocrisy. Love without hypocrisy, agapeo love without hypocrisy does not play favorites. That's why to be hospitable to all the believers. Now, Read that again in 13. Distributing to the necessity of saints. Given to. The words given to are this pursuing. Because given to is the same Greek word as the word persecute in verse 14. Now this is the verse that I'm really concerned about that you see in the context, the greatness of it. This love without hypocrisy, will communicate. Communicate, meaning 
partake in fellowship, communication among the saints. And the only way you can have communication among the saints is to have fellowship. And that word koinonio is translated fellowship time and time and time again. This love without hypocrisy will partake in fellowship, which is a necessity among the saints. Not a sharing of material things, but in lordly service and pursuing with love. Given to hospitality, pursuing with love to be hospitable to all the believers. No favorites. That's the positive side of it. Then verse 14, bless them which persecute you, bless and curse not. I went on with and living the love of God in the renewed mind in manifestation. Having a good word regarding those who persecute. That's the negative side of that D-I-O K-O, long O's. Have a good word or having a good word regarding those who persecute you rather than cursing them. The human nature would be if somebody sort of lays it on you, you raise hell with them. Love without hypocrisy would be that living of the love of God in the renewed mind in manifestation, having a good word. Now you'll wonder how I got having a good word. It's the word bless. The word bless is the Greek word transliterated into our English word eulogy. The word is eulogio, E-U. L-O-G-E-O. The O is long. That word, as I said, is transliterated into our English word eulogy. When somebody passes away and you have a memorial service, they frequently have a eulogy. And the eulogy tells all the good things about that person. You know, you... 33rd degree mason belonged to the <laughs> lions, elks, eagles, rotary, all the good. Truthfully, this word is made up of two words, E-U, you, which means good. And the last part of the word is the word logos, that's its root, L-O-G-O-S, and you all know what that word means. That's how I got this which I've shared with you. Having a good word. Having a good word. In other words, what it's really saying is if you can't say something good about them, shut up. No matter who they are, generally speaking, there's always something good you could say if you wanted to. With the love of God in the renewed mind in manifestation, have a good word, something good, still there, regarding those who persecute you rather than to curse them. 
That is the greatness of that 14th verse, I believe. And the great key to the understanding is in that word, eulogos. E-U meaning good, logos meaning the word, having good word. And you do not see that in the English words, 14, bless them. You'll have to go back to what I've just shown you. I told you that the words given to in 13 is the same word, and I gave that to you as persecute is in verse 14. Now, verse 15. Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. Living the love of God in the renewed mind in manifestation, having a good word regarding those who persecute you rather than cursing them, you will identify with all believers in their joy as well as sorrows or heavy times. Rejoice with them that do what? And weep with them that do what? That's why you will identify with the love of God in the renewed mind. If it's love without hypocrisy, you'll identify with all believers in their joy as well as sorrows, heavy times. How true that is. How you identify with the believers. When they are joyful, you get blessed. If they're hurt, you're hurt. And so when the household is blessed, everybody's blessed. When the household is hurt, everybody hurts. See how this all fits together? Because it's that love without hypocrisy. Verse 16, be of the same mind one to another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Be one-minded, not hypocritical. Be one-minded to all believers. Don't allow your mind to become conceited, but stay humble and don't show off how much you know. Be not wise in your own conceits. Don't show off how much you know. Don't allow your mind to become conceited. Because you have love without hypocrisy. If your mind became conceited, then it would be hypocrisy. Love without hypocrisy. So don't allow your mind to become conceited. And you are one-minded to all believers, which is a reiteration of verse 13 almost, where it says, to be hospitable to all the believers, no favorites. Boy, you see how this is renewed mind? Not being hypocritical. Most of the Christians you'll ever meet are all hypocrites. They never get around to renewing the mind, putting on the love of God in the renewed mind, that they do not play favorites. But the Word of God says that love without hypocrisy has no favorites. It loves all of God's people and respects and treats them on that level of the love of God in a renewed mind. To me, it's just a fantastic section of God's word. Verse 17, recompense to no man evil for what? Provide things honest in the sight of all men. 
when you have that love without hypocrisy, that verse 17 literally says, and don't pay off an evil done to you with another evil. Recompense, don't pay off an evil done to you with another evil. For two evils will never add up to a right. So walk lovingly honest, provide things honest. So walk lovingly honest in the sight of all men so men may see your beautiful presence. The word sight is beautiful presence. You don't pay off an evil done to you with another evil if you have love without hypocrisy. For you know good and well two evils would never make a right. So you just walk honestly, lovingly honest. Just lovingly honest. So men may see your beautiful presence. Verse 18. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. So if it is at all possible, with this love without hypocrisy, live at peace with all men. Sometimes it may be impossible. That's the implication in the verse. But it's up to us who have the love of God in the renewed mind without hypocrisy that as much as possible we live at peace with all men, even the enemies that persecute, remember? I wrote these two phrases regarding this verse so I could communicate it to you and understand it myself. My rights I will give up for the sake of peace. That I've done and continue to do many times. The rights that I have I give up for the sake of peace. But his truth, his word, my only option is stand. That I don't budge on. So if it's at all possible, with this love without hypocrisy, you live at peace with all men. But it won't hurt you to give up a little of your rights if that'll be for peace. But his truth, his word, no option. Just stand. That's all. That's the 18th verse. Now 19. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Even in the King James, you can see there has to be something a little screwy, where it says, But rather give place unto wrath. Uh, something not quite kosher there. Well, first of all, the word dearly has to be scratched, and it rather is in italics already. Why they put dearly in black type. I don't know. It's not in the text. Here is how I work, 19. You are loved by God. Beloved. You are loved by God. So, you love without hypocrisy. Have no revenge or retaliation to anyone. Let God deal out 
whatever the enemy deserves. Well, you're loved by God, aren't you? You're born again. You're his sons. That's what beloved is. So since God so loved, then you put on the love of God and the renewed mind. That's why you love without hypocrisy. And loving that way, you have no revenge. Avenge. Revenge. Or retaliation to anyone. Let God deal out. Repay. Deal out. Whatever the enemy deserves. In other words, let the judgment up to God. Now verse 20. Sounds a little like the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, doesn't it? Therefore, if thine enemy do what? Feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Burn his hair off or something. <laughs> Well, this is how I worked it here with you. Rather than retaliation, if someone is adverse to you, enemy, he's adverse to you, feed him. Do something nice for him. For this will warm his heart toward you. You see, you can never make an enemy a friend by being an enemy. There's only one possibility whereby this love without hypocrisy could ever be manifested in its fullness, and that would be if someone is adverse to you, do something nice for him. King James says, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him what? That's doing something nice for him. For this will warm his heart towards you. Heap coals of fire on his head is an Orientalism which simply means warm you. That's why I said, for this will warm his heart toward you. The heaping of coals of fire on his head, the Orientalism is, in the cold mornings, and the Indian people and the Far Eastern Bible lands people carry stuff on their head. So on the cold morning when they bring these coals home, they put them in that container, set it on their head, and they walk ho home with it. They warm up, heap coals of fire on his head. That's the meaning. It warms them up. It doesn't burn the hair off of them. Singe it for them. No. Isn't that a beautiful Orientalism in there? Likewise, then we, rather than retaliate, if someone's adverse to you, do something nice for him. For this will warm his heart towards you. Then verse 21, be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. And I worked it this way. Love without hypocrisy will never allow itself to be overcome by any evil, but will conquer all evil by the love of God in the renewed mind in manifestation. We are more than conquerors, right? More than an abundant life. That's why I put that in here this way. Love without hypocrisy that we're dealing with all the way through will never allow itself to be overcome by any evil. 
because that's the love of God in the renewed mind in manifestation has no hypocrisy in it. Therefore, you don't allow evil to overcome, but you will conquer. You will conquer because it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. You will conquer all evil. One of the texts translates it evil one, everything that the evil one, the adversary, will throw at you. You will conquer all evil or conquer the evil one, if you like that better. But I understand that if, if there's evil, has to be a cause behind it, and the cause behind it's the adversary. That's why I worked it, but will conquer all evil by the love of God in the renewed mind in manifestation. Now that finishes chapter 12, and in our next session we will get into the great 13th chapter and carry on under the same banner, love without hypocrisy.